back to the second hour of Love, Babs, Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. Hey, y'all. <laughs> I got Steve Driffin in the house and Karen Bivens because they are, uh, uh, well, I guess y'all are the producers, the creators of uh, a, a Death by a Thousand Cuts, a Requiem for Black and Brown Men. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about this because I've been watching this thing go all over the place, right? I remember the initial reading that you had at uh, uh, Concorp and it's yeah. the audience. And, and heard these brothers say these beautiful words. And, you know, we don't get to see brothers sort of wax poetic about themselves, <laughs> a different iteration of themselves. We never get to see that. So you right, right. the real way. So tell me, tell me, when did you think of this Steve Driffin, one of my favorite people? Oh, man, the fabulous Babs. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Woman doing everything. I'm trying to be like you, Babs. Uh, I'm trying to be like, like you. you. <laughs> I really I'm trying to be like both fan. of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Karen, somebody got to hold it down. <laughs> you got two Peter Pans right here. Somebody got to hold it down. Yo, Steve, when did you have this idea? I know You're a playwright. Have you always been a playwright? I was. I've always been a writer. Okay. I've always been a writer that um yeah, and it just morphed into it, you know, like like I was trying to find my way like a long time. You know, I knew I had something with a pen and paper, but I wanted to be a journalist. Then I switched from that to <laughs> English major. Then I didn't want to be an English major anymore. I wanted to write novels. Then I'm like, I don't want to then spec thanks to Spike Lee and Julie Dash. I wanted to do black film. I want to be a black filmmaker. Black film was too expensive at the time. So I'm like, well, hell, I'm going to go on uh, go on stage. And, you know, so that's what brought me here. <laughs> wow. But that's but that's everybody's, you know, in this arena. Everybody finds their way trying on different things. Yeah. So true. do you like the playwright hat? You, you know, I, I think, yes. Yes, I do. Like what I do love about the stage is that the magic that it brings that you can't do can't duplicate it right like once it happens it happens you can't you know you can't do it in post like when you do film right you can't like fix it in the the, the editing room nah it's, <laughs> it is what it is so it's got to be you know in that moment that's what i love about the power of the stage it's just it's, it had being there at such when so now, yeah i had um i had charlie grady on the other day with the uh talking about the grade eight and there they just had yeah. a night the other night which was so well received and he talked about how y'all collabed on her time yeah and, uh and i i remember seeing it uh i was at the klein theater when it when y'all did it and uh and it was quite powerful and quite moving um so yeah. so i mean working with charlie grady is pretty interesting and fine because you know he's so talented he's another one that no, I, I love his energy i was out there i was in hartford last night i checked oh it out. were you were yeah, you it. yeah it was great Oh my God. All right, so Karen, what is your relationship to this project? So I work for the town of Hamden. And oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's and, right. That whole uh, town is run by women. Yeah, about time. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We're trying to do things up in here. And so um, when I saw this work last summer, I had said, Steve, like, I, we have to bring it to Hamden. It's so important. Um, just, just the work, just connecting to the community and talking about um, folks and, and what they live through and things. So I said, we have to bring it. And so as Steve knows, it took a while, but working hard to do it. Yeah. And here we are bringing it to Hamden. That's pretty good because this thing has gone to New York and it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just, 
it's just building momentum everywhere it goes. So Steve, tell me what, why, what is it about these, these stories of black men that people find so compelling? Because we don't talk. <laughs> well, that part. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 I'm, not, I'm not saying, you know, we don't, it's not that we don't talk. It's, it's like often we talk in, in little silos. Men kind of talk about ourselves, but we really don't really express ourselves. And, and truth be told, we really don't even express ourselves truly to each other. We always hold back a bit. Mm-hmm. And and so so this was an opportunity to hear how to to really express or allow men to be heard. Um, this stemmed from sitting down with um, different men organizations throughout New Haven. Um, I started out with uh, with with meeting with men in Fathers Cry Two, Thomas Daniels and Sean Reeves uh, group and met with them, met with Black Obsidian, um, um, Eric Ray's group and, and, and other men groups I've sat in um, with, um, Bruce Trammell and, you know, just listening to men's stories. Um, even at one point I was going to the prison, uh, talking to the lifers in Cheshire and, and went there for a while and just listening to them. And I'm like, man, we got a lot have a lot on us that we just don't talk about and um thanks to the pandemic um that that kind of really fertilized this even to come out more and um unfortunately the the murders of black and brown men across the country that we we always known existed but then now people get to see it televised like you know Gil Scott said it will it is televised right but uh yeah, and all that brought us out. You know, I was angry too. You know, my own stuff, my own isms, my own. You I was going to ask you how much of this, how much of how much of you is in this work? A lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot. That you know, and 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 yeah, a good bit of it is 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 stuff that I've experienced personally. Um, it is, and I and I can't say, you know, I won't go into specifics, but but there were some things. The things I will talk about is just really just growing up, you know, as a young black male, you know, and and when I was growing up, you know, how how colorism played a big thing in our in our community, um, which still does, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? You know, bad relationships with fathers, you know, I've had that, you know, so. But healed from a lot of that. A lot of healing had to take place, Bev. And um, and that's why it kind of goes the way that it goes. It's kind of this linear journey, but it's, you know, through its peaks and valleys of, of black men, and it lands at a place. And where it lands is where I hope all brothers can be. So, so you're not gonna just leave us hanging, right? Like you don't you don't just drag us through black men's ish. And then there's no place else to go. You clean it up for us so that when we walk out of the theater, we don't feel hopeless or are we feeling hopeful? What are we feeling? Um, what I should hope, we be feeling? I hope there's some enlightenment. You know, I hope ah. it's some, I hope it's some um, opportunity for real dialogue. You know, we did this in um, we, our last show we did in February was in Pelham. We went to Pelham, New York, and, and we did it. And one thing I'm hearing from women after the show, each show, they're like, I understand my man a little better now. And that, that's been said to me in several different performances that we've done this. And, and 
that that's good. That's that's a good thing. I hope I wish more brothers would come. That's what always blows me away. You know, I, I don't get a lot of brothers coming in. I wish I could uh, uh, love to just men of color so we can really sit down and maybe I can devise a way where it's simply for men. You know, we, we talked about that with some of the um, producers in New York. They said, well, what, is, what, would this, what would this look like if it was just men in the audience? And what would this look like if it was just women in the audience? Right. That's so, so, yeah. That, you, that yeah. might be a wonderful way to get men to the theater if they could just have the theater. Right. Right. Just open it up, just strictly men. Right. And and let it be because it's, it's impactful. So, Karen, when you saw it, did, what did what did it move? How did it move you? Like what, 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 what did you walk away feeling? I mean, you I'm, walked away I mean, feeling like I got to bring this to Hamden and, and with the, with the power that I have, we're going to make it happen. But you as a woman and a woman of color, what, what did you take? What did you walk away with? I, I mean, to this day, I still say like, just thinking about that feeling, I got a little bit of chill right now. Cause it, it it's just powerful. I mean, there's, I don't know any better word. To describe it, it's just powerful. And um, I want my son to see it, you know. I mean, I want my daughter to see it too, but I I, you know, I just thinking about the things that, you know, these black men on stage are talking about. And like Steve said, that you know, black men don't talk about. Um, just it just again, powerful, you know. And so I was excited. So I my husband, and then as soon as we saw, I said, that's it. That's that's you know up there on the project list. Got to get it. So <laughs> yeah, Karen, I give Karen a lot of props because you know to to she fought she fought about a year, right? About a year to to get this in the ham, and so that that says a lot. And and I know it wasn't an easy task, um, but but she made it happen. And and Hammond, as we know, is going through there. They're going through some some stuff, and you know, and how how does this play into it? That's that's an interesting point, but I was listening to TD Jakes, and he he said this little clip, and he said something about whatever your business is, it has to be the answer to someone's problem, mm. you know. And and so I'm hoping that wh- however time this is, whatever this piece is supposed to do, I hope it is is the answer or shed some light on some problems and some issues that that we can really make some closure on. And uh, that's why I'm I'm just not I haven't done anything else. I got these other plays I want to do, Babs, and I'm like, okay, let me just hold and let's just get this going so everybody can see this because that's what I would love to see happen. Oh, I I love you know I I was having a conversation uh, with uh um uh yesterday with the brother who is uh who directing and uh, choreo- choreo- choreographing uh, ain't misbehaving um, Jeffrey Page. And I asked him, and I'm going to ask you the same question. You know, this is your play. This is not somebody else's play. How much do you mess with it moving forward? Like, do you mess? Like, is is it done or is it ain't done? (laughs) It ain't done. (laughs) And big up to David. I went to see that last week. Yo, that's, I love theater, man. I love to see us. I love us. Let me tell you, I love us. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Um, me too. Yeah, the actors get pissed off at me all the time. They're like, Steve, stop adding to it because we got to learn these lines. Because actually, with this show, this would be the first time these guys are off book. So you're gonna actually gonna see these guys actually doing a little more. So there's no mic, there's no music stands, there's no scripts. These guys are gonna be giving it to us in a different kind of way. 
So, but yeah, there's, I just put a change in there, but sadly, I wish I could say, I wish I could say, no, nah, it's done. It's finished. But this particular piece, not until America reckons with all the BS, mm. right? Until, until America reckons with all the nonsense and, and, and the stuff that, that we have to vote we are, this is going to continue on. The last piece I added was actually a tribute to Tyree Nichols. Um, okay. Yeah, and 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 since then, I see something's happening here. I don't know. That's okay. I think it's my connection. Um, okay. since since then, um, other things have ha happened. So, you know, and and I'm like, I just got to stay away from the news. I don't need to, you know, because it impacts me and it makes me feel some kind of way. And I'm like, I gotta write about. It. You know, but I, I guess this body of work, because you're talking about black men and they're talking about what is happening to them, what has happened to them. Uh, and I guess it's modern day. So it's not set in like the 1960s. It's set. It's it's modern times. So modern times influences, you know, what you get to. I, although, do, do you do you like that idea? Is it a is it a blessing or is it a curse or is it a little bit of both? It's 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 both. It's both. I wish that. You know, Bev, I think I said sometime before, I, I wanna I wanna write a love story. I wanna write about I, I need you to write a love story. <laughs> I wanna write about, you know, I, I'm gonna say I'm tired of I'm just tired of I'm just tired of we, like we got two emotions in the black theater. We got joy <laughs> and trauma. <laughs> There's no nuance. We're like we either dancing happy or right. we are right. on the ground. Let's play the middle, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. We either shucking and jiving or we crying and dying, you know? Oh, my God. Yes. We in the middle. We in the middle. Yeah. In the middle. In the middle. Yeah. Can we have happy love stories without a whole lot of chaos and without drugs and, right. you know? Right. Uh, right. So in, in thinking about that, though, Steve, is that a possibility? Would, would we accept that, though? Could we accept? I guess we can. I remember when the Cosby show first came out, people were so, I mean, even black people were just so, that can't be real, right? Like, like we were saying that, and I was like- I said it, I said oh it. Oh my God, how far have we fallen when we can't, we, we gotta have drugs and, and pimps and hoes and we can't just have a regular family do a regular-ish in a neighborhood. And they're not they're not good times. Like they're not trying to get out the projects. Like I know. <laughs> you know, you know what I think? I think though, in, in the realm of writing stories, you have to have conflict, right? You gotta have some conflict in order, you know, the three-act play, right? But, but so our conflict is what what we talk about, right? But I think that shouldn't be the driving force behind our story. That shouldn't be. Like in this play, we we mentioned drugs, but drugs isn't the theme of the okay. play. Okay, you know, I think it's what we make the the headline of the headliner of it. So, yeah, we're going to use some type of drama or trauma or something to cause conflict to make that peak or that arc, but still have some type of moral something. Yeah, you know, because yeah. we honestly, if we just did a happy story, we'd be like, man. If I just wrote a play about just the nice day between a black couple, you're like, yeah, it was nice, but 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 see, I think we I think we deserve some of that too. I, I don't think that I, I'm not suggesting that's the only thing that we get, but 
I, I think we get to have that too. I think we get to see a love story that, you know, the police ain't running up on them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, no one's getting shot. <laughs> right, right. You know, like, like a plan. But then, you know, I think someone told me they're making Love Jones into a play. You hear that? Yeah. I think I, I, could, I, think I could like it. I don't know. I don't know. I think I could like it, Steve. I think I think we need some love stories that are nuanced, but not rife with trauma and and whatever. Because I, I we you know, I, I know we live in America, but you know, every every moment of every day is not a you know right. I'm running from I'm on the run, G. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. That's true. And you know what? And we do need to show that, right? We do need to show it. And and yeah, we we do. We do need to just show a happy side, a normal side, you know. Um, yeah, we do. Mm. But you don't think you're the one to write it just yet? No, you know what? No, and I can't even, I have written them. So so mad content is literally what it is, like mad content. You know, it's it's really, you know, so I, the production company's name after all the stories that I have, you know, stuff that I just haven't done. And, mm. you know, I wrote, I wrote a script for Tom Joyner that, uh, that's really about you remember when he used to do the uh what was it called the fantastic voyage yes and, uh, mm-hmm. and so i'm driving one day listening to tom joining and i said i said i should make a movie out of it and i'm driving i said yeah somebody should so i wrote it i wrote a script for it flew out to dallas you know pitched it went out to la pitched it you know and it was just a story it was a story about black people trying to on their, their, their journey of getting on a cruise on a cruise ship and it had no violence, had no guns, it had no blah blah, you know. <laughs> so maybe that'll get produced one day. Whoever's listening out there and, and, and out there in the world, you know, let's talk. <laughs> so, so break down the characters of this of this uh, of this work that you got going on right now, um, "Death by a Thousand Cuts," and 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 tell me about the title. Mm. Yeah, the title, you know, so I took the title really from um, Death by a Thousand Cuts was, was taken from the concept of uh, in, in in Asia, they would form, they would torture. Yeah. Their, yeah. Their, you know, the people, their captives, whatever, and by literally like a thousand, like cutting members, but keeping them alive. And I was always aware of that. And, and I'm like, man, we're kind of experiencing the same thing. You know, black and brown people in America, we just deal and we deal with so much that we don't even know we're getting cuts. You know, um, yeah, it's almost like we become numb to it. I remember that's my my uncle who had a libation issue. And and he I remember one day he came home. I was a little kid and he came home and his face looked like a checkerboard, like just was just all sliced up in a mere little cuts. And he got some brawl with somebody. So when I grew up in Brooklyn, he got a brawl with somebody, and and he was just drunk though, so he didn't even know he got sliced up, right? And and I liken that to us. We don't even know we we become so numb to what we experience that sometimes we don't even realize we're being cut, mm-hmm. and and we get these cuts every day. And so death by a thousand cuts is really just stemmed off that, you know, and just like a sonnet for us. Like here's a song for us about yeah, this is what we go through. You know, every day, these are iterations and it's not a black thing. It's not a, it's really a people thing at the end of the day, you know, pain and trauma is not, not solely tailored for black folk, black and brown people, you know, white people got it too. You know, they just carry it differently. They mm. experience it differently. But, and, and the actors, red, gold, black, and green, um, I wanted to represent 
all of us collectively. Um, I, we all have our roots from the motherland and I wanted to acknowledge that. And though we may come from different parts, but we're still connected, you know, and, and, and the things that connect us, that lets us know that we, we do share common themes and experiences. So these men represent, it's almost like morality play, every person, every man, they represent every man who, and which is inclusive when I say that, and I mean gender specific, every person. Wow. Wow. Okay. So how many, so it's what red, you said, what, what, how many people on stage at one time? Four, four men, red, gold, black, and green. Okay. And so are they, are they all the same age? Are they generationally different? Are they? Yeah, we have, um, for, for these guys, actually the full, full team with understudies, I got young as 25 and old as wise as mid fifties, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it runs the gamut, you know, um, and someone asked me, they said, hey, why don't you write something for women like that? And and I'm like, I already did. I wrote something called Cover Girls. Right. That was done. You know, so it's like I, I should just pull that out. Right. And then and, and, and do that. It's, for, it's for, it was exclusively for women and, and the stuff that they experience. So, yeah, I want to just be a writer about everything. Nabs. You know, I- like you said, it's not about that. It's not about the violence. So, so Karen, when you when you saw this piece, and you said, "I have to show this to my son," what what did you want him to see? Like, what was the show him piece that you thought would would resonate? I think that it just kind of talks about such a gamut of experiences, right? And my my son is in middle school, and so you know, talking to my husband, you know, as we're raising a you know a child of color. Um, you know, trying to prep them, trying to prep both our kids, you know, as best as we can for experiences that other folks don't go through. And watching this and seeing this gamut of experiences that are just told so passionately, um, for me, it was like, you know, some there's parts in there that I'm like, it's okay. Like, I want him to see it and know that it's okay. You can talk about it. It's okay. Um, and I think I think art is healing, right? I think it just promotes, you know, holistic wellness. And I think this is one of the greatest ways I've seen to kind of do that. And like Steve said, there's dialogue at, at the end. Um, you know, there's this talk back piece, which is I think really important um, between you know the actors and panelists and 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 the audience to kind of. Uh, you know, let it out and kind of share your emotions and thoughts in that moment because it is it is deep and it is it is heavy and like I said, powerful. And so I think being able to share that uh, openly with the folks that you've just seen this with, kind of also, um, you know, just just brings some of those things to light and makes it important. And like I said, I just want people to see it and and understand that these are real things and. And it is okay. We're gonna we we can talk about those things. It's okay. So it's gonna be at Hamden High School, yeah. uh, April twenty eighth and the 29th at seven p.m. Mm-hmm. And and you can buy tickets at the door. And these tickets are pretty good. Like they're ten ten bucks, adults and five dollars for students. Five dollars students and seniors. Yep, ten dollars adults. You can buy online, um, and then cash at the door. And you know, and we're ready. Like. You know, I'm excited. I'm very excited. 
Is so, Hamden ready? Is Hamden ready, Cam? I'm ready. Look, I'm ready. I'm ready. We're, I, I and, think you know, Hamden is ready. I think that's, and that's one of the things we're trying to do. You know, we are trying to broaden, you know, not just with this, but just generally, we're just trying to broaden, you know, kind of our, our programs and events and things and, and making them more diverse, ex, ex, um, inclusive, uh, representative, right? Like, People know when they talk to me, I'm always going to say this. I need my kids to see themselves in things. I want mm. my kids to see oh. themselves in things. And so those, those that's kind of the driving my motivation in all the things that, you know, we're trying to do here and talking to people. And, um, you know, we have great, uh, great group of, of folks here, Hamden residents here that that want to bring these things too, right? We have a great arts commission who's helping with this. Um and I, I have to say a little plug, you know, for the uh, CT Humanities Cultural Fund. They're, you know, helping us to support this. And so I, I think it's important. And like I said, um, we all need to be able to see ourselves in some things. And so we're trying to do that up in here. We're trying to do that in hand then. I love it. So, so Steve, the brothers that did see it, what what has been their feedback? Did they be like, hey, man. You- <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. You, you, know, you, know you put me on. You put me on front street, or or okay. Now I understand my dad. Or okay, you know, I mean, yeah. what what were the what was the what was the gamut of emotions that brother said to you about this this work? Wow. So I remember this one seventy plus year old man came said that he wished he would have seen this. 20, 30 years ago, he said, I may have been different, different kind of father to my son. Mm. So that kind of blew me away when, you know, when you get your elders coming, saying things like that, you know, or what, you follow me, you read, you know, you, you read my life, you know, uh, or, you know, and, and in New York, um, this, this one brother got up and like wailed in tears and just kind of just let it all out saying how he just didn't. He was tired of wearing a mask and no one sees him, for, you know, so it was some powerful stuff. And then there's you know, some brothers like, yo, you ain't have to go that far. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, <laughs> so it, it, it ran the whole, the whole thread, you know, it was just like from the, the tear jerking responses to the brothers like, I can't, I can't say that, but, you know, imagine, self spell that backwards, right? <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. So, so, so where do you want this play to go? Where do you want this work to go? Because you want, there's other work that you want to do. Are you able to allow somebody else to take it on and to do it and yeah. without, without you being part of the day-to-day managing of it? No, nah, I, I, listen, I don't got an ego like that. <laughs> I don't have an <laughs> ego like that. Listen, there's somebody that wants to direct it and, and carry it on, you know, it's, you know, uh, it, it's all, it's all business. You know, we can handle our business. I, I would love to do a, a full gospel play, you know, um, and not the not the Shitland Circuit kind of gospel play. Like, Lord, wow, bad man ain't good or something like that. You know, I don't want to <laughs> nothing like that. I want to, you know, I got, I got some serious stories that. Although, was, although there's, there, listen, those plays speak to folks, right? Th- there's an audience. That's what I mean. There's an audience for that kind of stuff. You know, uh, there's an audience for those Tyler Perry plays. There's an audience for all. Remember all those plays that came through, right? When I was a kid, I remember those plays, you know, 
So yeah. there's an audience because uh, th- this is an audience of people that no one has ever thought to uh, put plays toward or invite right. them to the theater. So right. somebody filled the niche. Yeah, you know, I, I would love to see, I would love to see, I would love Broadway to really open its doors. What Broadway has done is great and we applaud for what they've done. Because it's very but, black right now on Broadway. Yeah, and even in its blackness, it, it's still limited, right? They're like, mm-hmm. they'll let me run. My show can run for two months. And okay, that's it. Uh, or you had a bad sale on one day. So the equity of it is still an issue for, for black artists, right? Okay. So so whereas a play can suck from a white counterpart and they'll let it run for a year. And what they're doing with our plays, I'm noticing, if, if thoughts of a colored man or for colored girls who consider suicide, the sales drop a little, okay, that's the last run. Three months later, it's a wrap. You know, so so the equity of it is still not fair. You know, and and I want us to always do. I'm always about. I love that we have so many stories to tell. There's yes. so many stories for us to tell, right? And I would love to hear, see, and hear all our stories. You know, and I wish we had our own. You know, I wish we had our own. You know, Black Broadway. You know, which we only had our own Oscars and Emmys because at the end of the day, people still don't know about us. White America does not recognize what we do and what we bring, what we have, just how it's set up. So I wish we had our own sometimes. So before I let y'all go, before I let you go, Steve, can you can you give me a hint of what, I mean, you did mention you would, you'd like to do a gospel play, but what, what are you working on next? <laughs> can you give a hint? Can you shout it out? Can you? Believe believe it or not, I'm working on a screenplay right now. Oh, I'm working on a screenplay, and it, and it's called Crossover. And um, I, I have no idea what that could mean. It could mean so many things. <laughs> yeah, it, it it does, it does. But I, I I it's my 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 stab, and it's called Crossover. So uh, we'll talk more about that. We get a reading on that, and um, yeah. But I would I think my next play I wanted to do is is I wanted to be a proper gospel play. You know, mm-hmm. a gospel story, you know, or a spiritual story, something like that. Yeah. Okay. 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 I want to give it to that community because at the end of the day, you know, we're not just here. You know, I believe a higher creator is responsible for all of us. And and this is my one way of giving that back. I said, I need to do, I'm tired of this. Let's do something different. Well, thank you for your time this morning. I've been waiting for this conversation for quite some time. So it's lovely to, to be able to have a conversation with you as you are about to launch uh, into Hamden. And, uh, Hamden. Hamden. <laughs> and because, uh, you know, all the New Haven people will come, the North Haven people. Come. Like people can get there because it's very accessible. So that's what I like about it, that accessibility is is critical to to success of things. So, so yeah, is, uh, is your port accessible? Yes, <laughs> you can come through. Come through. <laughs> soon as it, soon as the warm, soon as it is consistently warm, the bat sign goes up. You'll see a wine bottle in the heavens, and you'll be like, oh, "Okay, that's the sign I was waiting for." Let me let me wait my way to Newallville. <laughs> well, that's brother, I wish you every success with uh, uh, "Death by a Thousand Cuts." I, I love. I've been loving watching the the movement of it. And uh, high five to you, Karen Bivens, for uh, uh, bringing it to Hamden and just like wrangling. Because I know, I, listen, 
I know it was not easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I appreciate your support. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep doing it. All right. Well, I will see you out here in these art streets, Steve Driffin. Yes, Fabs. Thank you so much for being my guest today. And uh, y'all make sure y'all go out and see uh, A Death by a Thousand Cuts. It's going to be at Hamden High School, April 28th and 29th. And these tickets, I'm like, listen, you can't even get a cocktail for $10. You, you just can't. Real you can't. talk. You can't. I know. I drink a lot of cocktails. I know. <laughs> so you can't even get a cocktail for ten dollars. So let me tell you something. Go get you a, a some of this black black man magic. <laughs> yeah, it'd be worth it. It'd be worth it. It'd be worth it. Thank you, Steve Driffin. Thank you, Karen. Thanks Driffin. a lot, Babs. Enjoy Thank your you. day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All, All right, right Harry Girls, we out. <laughs> <laughs>